Hello, and welcome to the first episode of the Trinity Talk Show. My name is Tammy Voyles, and I am the Director of Christian Education, Youth, and Young Adult Ministry at Trinity Presbyterian Church in McKinney, Texas. I've been working at Trinity for 26 years, so I've seen a lot of youth groups go through that building. I always had the dream of doing a reality show about the youth group because it is truly one of the most interesting and amazing groups of people you will ever see. So once the coronavirus hit, we had to start thinking outside the box and about doing different things. And our associate pastor brought up the idea of a podcast. So I thought, why not try my hand and uh, put together a podcast? So what we're going to talk about over the next few episodes is about traveling with a youth group. Now, I don't know how many of you have ever had the opportunity to do so, but it is quite the experience. All of the trips that we have taken have literally been life-changing, memorable events that make you laugh and cry and think and really... um, know what it means to live in community with other people. One of the other things about a youth group that I think is fascinating is you're only in it for such a short time of your life. If you're really lucky, you get seven years. If you go in in junior high and you stay all the way through high school, but those seven years are fundamental in your faith development. And they also bring together people who would never know each other and they become lifelong friends and friends and memories that they have for the rest of their lives and hopefully that they will want their own children to have one day. So as we venture through all of our trips, I hope you will be excited to join us and learn what it's like to live with some really interesting people for these short little adventures we go on in the summer. Today's episode is about a trip we took in 2018 to the beautiful country of Peru. In our youth group, we do international trips every three years and we switch off what kind of trip it's going to be. So in 2018, we did a mission trip to Peru and then three years later, so next summer, 2021, we will be heading to the beautiful land of Scotland. Uh, The reason we go to Scotland is because we are Presbyterians and that is where we come from. That is where our faith was, formed and our heritage comes from that beautiful land so we go there to learn about ourselves as a protestant denomination and what that means for us but today we're talking about peru our guest today is miss devon voyles and yes we both have the same last names she is my youngest daughter um, and she was um, one of the youth that went on the trip to peru with us we had 14 people and all go on this trip, but a majority of the youth that went were all from the same class, and that was Devin's class. So I thought she'd be a good one to talk about what that trip was like and what the experience was like for her and for her classmates. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to Devin. Let her tell you just a tad bit about herself before we get started. Hi, um, I'm Devin, as you all know already, and I am in... Um, I'm going to be a senior pretty soon, and I'm in the class of 2021, which is my mom's favorite class she's ever had in the youth group. Mark her where is right here, right here. <laughs> this is proof. Um, and yeah, 
I don't know what else to say. <laughs> All right. Every class always tells me that they're my favorite class. So I will just say yes to them. You are. You're the favorites for, for right now. Um, so, Devin, uh, let's talk about Peru. Why did you want to go to Peru? And I didn't make you go to Peru. I wanted to say that, too. As, as her mother and the youth director, um, my children do not have to go on the trips they choose to. So why did you want to go? I wanted to go because, um, well, I had never been out of the country before. And um, it, you know, seemed like fun. I'd been taking Spanish for a while and learned some stuff about Peru. I had this phase. I feel like everyone, like every girl has this phase when they're in like middle school. But I was obsessed with llamas for like the longest time. So, you know, I just really felt the calling. But I did have some reservations because like a lot of mission trips are, you know, like they give me white savior vibes. But I was informed that that was not the case. That we would not, yeah. So, why don't you tell us what you mean by that a little bit more than just white savior vibes? Um. Well, like I feel like a lot of mission trips are um, opportunities for more like white imperialism and like how. You're going to go to these people who you think have horrible lives and are living, like, horribly. And you're going to change their lives for the better by building them a house and take pictures of poor kids and post them. And then you're changed by God, you know? You know the, you know what the vibes? I don't know. I'm, I just, I feel like that's very fake and does a detriment to how people view other countries. Well, we were going to Peru uh, to work with the Presbyterian USA mission co-workers. And um, we were very clear that that was not how we wanted our trip to be or what we wanted to do there. So um, when we get to the airport, this is our first step on our journey. We get to the airport, we get through security and then tell us who we meet at that point. We met a man who was wearing very professional clothing and was holding a bag. And I don't fly a lot, so I was not aware that this was probably a pilot. But so he walks up to us and he was like, are y'all going to Peru? And so all of us were wearing a shirt that said Peru 2018. And so clearly we were going to Peru like as a group. And we were like, yeah, oh my gosh. He's like, I'm your pilot on that flight. And we were like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And so my mom and I get kind of scared for flights. And so I was, uh, I was automatically like soothed. I feel like that's a weird word. I felt better because I was reassured, reassured, reassured. I was reassured because he seemed like a very trustworthy person to hold my life in his hands. And so um, once we got on the plane, he gave Trinity a shout out. We were the only ones, by the way, so, you know, we were like the VIPs of the plane. And, um, and then he got out of the cockpit and walked down uh, the aisle and gave us little pins with like wings on them. 
and like we got to put them on our shirts. It was so cool. So very exciting. So we took the red eye to Peru, which was about a seven hour flight and landed in Lima. Um, in Lima, our mission coworker, Sarah, met us there to uh, get us on a flight to Huanico, which is where we were going to be staying for the majority of the time. Huanico sits in the mountains of Peru, right in the Andes. Uh, it's in a valley. It's a beautiful, beautiful location. It's about a three-hour flight, I think, from Lima. So we hung out in the airport and waited for our flight. And then we boarded another flight and set off to Huanico. So tell me what were your first impressions of Huanico when we landed? Um, the air was very thin and um, the there were a lot of, I remember this vividly, in the airport there were like a lot of pictures of hotels. And I was like, oh no. If you don't know, I'm afraid, I'm deathly afraid of public restrooms. Like I, I had to like give myself a pep talk and all the restrooms in the ads were just, they weren't cutting it for me. And I was like, oh God, like, please, please give us not one of these hotels. And so luckily we had, it was probably one of the nicest hotels I've ever been in. It was like, and it was by pure chance that we got this hotel. It was like very new. And it was like, every, every room had TVs, like luxe bathrooms, like, the, and like, it was so odd, but very thankful. And um, yeah, that was my first impression. So we um, get to the hotel, we get unpacked and we're going to get um, a, we're gonna have a conversation with the people we're gonna be working for at the home. So why don't you tell us about what we were doing there in Peru and um, what that kind of looked like for us. Um, okay. So we went to um, this home called La Casa del Buen Trato, and it was a home for uh, sexually abused girls, um, minors, ranging in like any age. But uh, I think the youngest girl there when we were there was seven, and the oldest girl there was verging on 18. You have to leave when you're 18. And so, based, and there was a farm that, um, you know, like supplied extra funds and food for the uh, house. So our, like, I guess, jobs were to like help make the farm more efficient, and like we we're gonna help like build stuff and like take stuff down. And but we also got to like play with the girls and like do a bunch of fun things. Yeah, so one of the reasons that we went in to help at Casa del Buen Trato was because the girls needed to go to school during the day. I mean, most of these girls uh, were coming from very far away in Peru. And one thing you need to know is this is the only home in Peru for sexually abused girls. And there was, they could only service about 30 girls at a time. So, you know, there's a lot of girls in Peru that have been abused that don't have this place to go to. It was a gated um like compound and you could not get in. We couldn't take any pictures because they did not want to, the abusers to know where the girls were. And they would bring the girls into this place to live. And this is where they would uh, start going through the legal process of how to bring their abusers to, um, to justice. 
And so there was a bunch of different arms they would go through during the day uh, to get this process going. But one of the things they needed to do was to go to school every day. So they really couldn't be working the farm all day and going to school. So that was why groups like we came in was to help on the farm so that the girls could go to school and to help the farm become as self-sufficient as it could. Because basically what Peru was going to do is funding was going to get less and less every year as the farm got more um, successful so that it could become the, the monetary support for the home and the girls. So that is what our job was going to be, was to work the farm. Um, and then our other thing we got to do was to play, you know, games and stuff with the girls, which was lots of fun. So I want Devin to tell you about our first night at Casa del Borinchato because it was not what we expected to happen. Okay. First thing they do, they give us a snack. And, like, they give us so much food, I felt like my belly was about to burst. And so it was really good. It was, like, yogurt from the farm. And then they're like, okay, so we have a birthday party today. And we're like, okay. And then they're like, we want y'all to come. And we're like, all right, like, chill. So, like, they're setting everything up. And, um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, and so they're setting everything up. And we start having this party. So they, like, play music. And I swear, I swear, each girl had, like, their own tray of food that they were handing us. (laughs) We got, like, five different snacks, like, every single fragrant. And then... So they start dancing and we're all in like kind of a circle, you know? And like, we do, we don't, like they actually dance, but we, like our type of dancing is like jumping up and down to a song, like we can't dance. And so I, I was just standing there, you know? And the birthday girl brings her hand out and she's like, she wants me to dance with her. And nobody else from our group had started dancing. And so, and like, she was dancing in the middle by herself. So she like wanted me to dance with her. I was like, I don't know how to dance. I was so stressed out, but I was like, I'm gonna go with it. So we just started dancing. And then they started pulling more and more people into the middle. We were just like dancing and then more food and more food. Oh my gosh. It was so much fun though. She turned 14. I remember that. Yeah, Yeah, it was a lot of fun, but it was, uh, yeah, one of those bold moments you had to do, Devin. You just had to go out on faith and start dancing. All right, so um, the farm, let's talk about the farm. The farm, uh, first of all, the man that ran the farm was a wonderful man. And he had a dream for this farm. He carried his list of things he wanted to see happen on this farm in his pocket. And he would pull it out and share it with you when you asked him about what he wanted. Um, So we were very uh, excited to get to help them on the farm. Um, so Devin's going to tell you about our biggest job that we did on the farm, uh, the wall in the in the QE hutch. So um, there was this wall that we were instructed to tear down. It was inside a barn, but they were going to like convert everything into like, you know, like a nicer barn, I guess. That like they, it was an old barn that like was wearing down. So then they were like, gonna build a better one to the side. So we were deconstructing that. And so we had like tools. I'm not, (laughs) I'm not a construction gal. We had sledgehammers and uh, picks. Sledgehammers and picks. And 
we were like busting down the wall and it was filled with spiders so every time you like hit something a spider would fly out and um yeah me and Finn got to wear our Harry Styles glasses though so we looked very cool while doing it but <laughs> I forgot about this part I forgot about this part Jack this is for you so <laughs> someone <laughs> Jack had put down his sunglasses <laughs> Jacket but done his sunglasses. And like the rule was you had to have glasses on. Like some type of glasses on while you were glasses or goggles while you were like tearing down this wall. <laughs> Jack put down <laughs> Jack put down his glasses on the side and he like turned. And I don't I can't remember who it was, but it was it was either me or Heidi. And <laughs> we put down our like sledgehammer right on his glasses because we didn't see it and it, they broke and then and then we blamed it on someone else <laughs> so then he wouldn't know <laughs> and he was so mad about it so Jackie for listening to this I'm sorry <laughs> I, wait, I think it might have been Cole actually I don't know I don't know who it was one of us did it and we never fessed up so now is the time but anyways so we built this wall oh no we didn't we took it down and then we had to get these wheelbarrows down to this it was called a Huey hutch which is where they hold the guinea pigs um and so uh we we were gonna have to take all the like brick down that we could salvage and take it down to the Kiwi hutch and so there's a little divot going down to it and so the rocks got heavy so I I was really I was not handling the altitude very well like I was about to pass out like every five seconds and so I took like one wheelbarrow down and I that was it my mom had to like take over for me but it was hard work but like at the end like we got a lot done yeah, we also had a band with us that was an engineer, and uh, the another barn at the farm had a cow in it that was going to give birth, and they didn't have a roof. So he engineered uh, building a roof, so he spent his whole time there building a roof, and the, the guy who owned the farm was so thankful because he was like, I would have never gotten that done, and now we have a roof, and she can have her baby and have um, a good, you know, uh, a good roof over her head to have her baby. So... It was it was hard work, but it was it was really uh, fulfilling and good. But it was that that Kiwi Hutch was a bear hard to work. get down into. We had to carry all those rocks like down in there. It was harder getting the wheelbarrow back up the hill after. I was like, you, I can't do. I no. Yeah, it was it was, it was tough. Um, so Devin, tell us about our hike that day. So the farm that we were working on was fairly level. But then right across the road, there was a mountain that went straight up and they had all the land on that side of the mountain as well. And so he had plans for that side of the farm. Um, so he wanted to take us on a hike up there to see what it all looked like. And and he got a beautiful view of the, the farm and the home from up there. So Devin, tell us about our hike. Yeah, so this hike still haunts me in my dreams. So... <laughs> So we went on this hike. It was it was really beautiful. It actually was, and um, I remember there was a lady harvesting cactus with her baby on her back, because they had a bunch of cactus 
keep that in mind. There's a lot of cactus on this mountain. Or cacti. Oh my god. Cacti. I'm sorry. And so, um, so we're walking, we're walking, we're walking. And then, um, me and my best friend Heidi were like standing next to each other. And so at one point we were on the, the climb down and there was a patch of like really unsteady rocks. And so I, I remember this conversation like very vividly. So one of the adults was like, step very gingerly on these rocks. I was laughing because gingerly was a very funny adjective, I felt like. And so <laughs> my friend Heidi went first. And <laughs> and she, the, the rocks twisted under her and she sat on a cactus. <laughs> we were all laughing so hard. And she was like in pain. And so she got up and went down holding her like booty because she had cactus thorns in her butt still sticking out and, but it was like a small cactus too like those tiny little thorns so it wasn't like huge but like still very painful so I was still laughing about that I was like ha 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 Heidi's so stupid like how hard is it to walk down I walk mm-hmm. on the exact same rocks and I walk on the exact same rocks and I fall too but this time i fall on a different cactus like i sit on it too but like on my legs i did like a squat on it so i wouldn't like fall on it but like i still got on it so everyone's laughing at this point i'm both me and heidi and we're having to walk so wide so that the thorns don't like like imagine chafing but like five thousand times worse that's how it felt if the thorns like brushed up against each other so then we had to go we were like on the verge of crying and so my mom was like oh my gosh so we she pulls us out over because like we were still had some work to do so all the guys and everybody else did work but we had to attend to the thorns in our butts and so we go to a bathroom and and We had to pull down our pants and my mom had to pull out thorns out of us and we were like screaming and then my mom was like, Devin, you have to do Heidi. So I had to, this is, this is the moment me and Heidi grew very close. So we, and we had to use a flashlight because the thorns were so light. And so my mom pulled the ones out of me, but, and then they were stuck in our leggings. It was bad. So moral of the story is never sit on a cactus. That was oh so traumatic. It was quite humorous, quite humorous. All right. So um, our work at the farm was very fulfilling and very um, well worth it, I believe. Um, tell me what y'all did with the girls every day after work. Y'all played games with them. So tell me your two favorite games that y'all used to play. Two favorite games. Okay. Our all-time favorite was Nukem, which is like, if you don't know what it is, it's like volleyball, but instead of like um, hitting it, you catch it, and if it falls next to you, you're out. And they were so good at it. They were so good. And we went, we went so hard on this game. I remember Emily Seymour and Cole were rock stars at this game. And they, oh my gosh we would just spend hours playing this game 
And then we also played a lot of card games, but it's hard with a language barrier to explain card games. So we ended up just throwing cards on the table and doing nothing with them, but it was still very fun. Y'all played spoons a lot, didn't y'all? Yeah, we played spoons, but they didn't yeah, understand. Yeah, they didn't understand. <laughs> and so we were trying to explain it, but like... They would just steal the spoons whenever they wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> so then we would all be out. And like, we have some very competitive people in our group, so they were like not having it. Did but. not like it. Yeah, so we spent um, a good week at uh, Casa del Blanchato with our wonderful friends. And um, I felt like it was just an amazing experience. Um, one, to understand what those girls had gone through. And um, two, just what a blessing that place was for those girls. And, uh, and, and, and the blessing that we got to go there and at least give them a break so that they could go to school. Um, tell me what you... Uh, learned about yourself on this trip I learned that I need to acclimate to altitude if I ever go again and I'm very allergic to mosquito type things and that um but I on a more serious note I learned that um my problems are very minuscule compared to others and like they were some of the happiest people I've like they were just so sweet and like grateful for everything and so I learned a little bit of humility but um yeah I learned I think so that's I think that's what I learned about myself okay tell me what you learned about your friends that came with you I learned um Ah, well, this was when we became, like, super close. Like, super close. Because, obviously, because we we spent, like, every night in each other's rooms. And we would watch movies. And we just became, like, a huge family, I feel like. And, like, I would trust... My grade is mostly guys. So, I would trust all of them with my life. And I feel like they would trust me, maybe. <laughs> but, yeah. And that is what youth group does, doesn't it? As you go on these trips and you explore things with each other and you have to depend on each other because you're in a foreign place that you don't know anybody else. Um, you really have to become a family and learn how to live and work together. And it does, it bonds you in a way that you don't really understand until you do it. Um, all right. So the last couple of minutes here, I want to know, uh, what did you learn about God? That's a very big question. Um, I think I learned that there is a little bit of you can see God in everybody and um people and like God puts people and places in your life I feel like that um change you for the better yeah well, there you have it. Our first episode of the Trinity Talk Show featuring Devin Boyles this week and Diablo, who is our uh, glitter tiger that we take everywhere with us. Diablo didn't go to Peru with us. It would have been hard to get him on the plane, but he uh, has gone many places with us. So he is like our mascot of our youth group. 
Next week, uh, we are going to talk about the beautiful, beautiful conference center of Montreat with Ms. Valerie Landis. So we hope you will join us for that. Again, thank you, Devin, for sharing your impressions with us and uh, your time. And um, we hope that you enjoyed it and that you will uh, one day seek out the beautiful country of Peru and uh, have the time of your life. So we will talk to you soon.